Howdy, Mountaineers. This is Kaylee Vicatelli and Sydney Wentz, and you're hey, listening hey. to The Girls Who Get It. We've got another women's sports league and a career game for one Mountaineer coming up. But first, we've got some mourning to do. Some mourning to do. Lamar Jackson in the city of Baltimore. We thank you for your service in the fight to keep the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl. <laughs> your valiant effort did not go unnoticed. And we wish you the greatest offseason imaginable. <laughs> you tried so hard. And our dear, dear Detroit Lions, you had one shot, one opportunity. And you let it slip. Mom, spaghetti. But you did have two shots to kick the field goal on fourth down and decided to go for it instead. Mom, spaghetti. Maybe that's a personal problem. Uh, Let's get it next year, I guess. But um, for the Lions, I mean, a 12-5 and record following a 3-13-1-2021 season and a 9-8-2022 season. Is nothing to sneeze at. Like, they've turned that team around. Like, literally one of the most historically awful teams. And they had a shot at the Super Bowl. It was the, yeah, they had a shot at the Super Bowl. It was the year of comebacks. The Browns didn't quite do it, but they had a decent year, too. And we know how that went. Yeah. I would just like to say a lot of people are talking about the adorable, because as much as we do not like the Chiefs right now, the adorable videos of Taylor and Travis. Yes. I... I am. I cannot stop talking about and cannot stop seeing the videos and pictures of Eminem flipping off 49ers <laughs> fans from his suite. He's just standing up there, double middle fingers in the air, in a sea of red 49ers jerseys. In the most Eminem fashion possible. But also, my country music heart can't help but uh, love the 49ers for my boy Nate Smith. He's a big, he's a big 49ers guy. Ah, yes. That being said, that does mean we have a Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. That's a lot of red. That's a lot of red. At least, at least you don't worry about what color to wear. Just wear and red and you can cheer for is, anyone. The script is broken, folks. I know. Because what, the colors are like purple and red. So it was like, purple oh my and red, so they were like Ravens 49ers. It's scripted, yeah. It's scripted, and we, we broke the script, people. Sydney, who do you have in the Super Bowl? I had the Browns versus whoever the NFC no, could muster up. I mean, like, who are you cheering right for? now? Oh, I don't know. Because here's my thing with I don't like to be that person with sports, but I like looking at them. Oh my! Goodness. And I and I and I like me some Travis Kelsey, but I've also been more of a Jason girl. Sorry, Kylie. <gasps> but I I can't help but I can't help but think about my my Purdy man Brock Purdy. I love Brock Purdy. Literally. Also, he is the only man who can save us from Jackson Mahomes right now. <laughs> no, literally. Brock Purdy, it's on you. Is This is all on you, bro. I, I need you to... Because, listen, I have to admit. I have to admit, some of the Taylor and Travis pictures from the post-game celebrations were really cute. They were so adorable. Like, I actually... I was like... <laughs> like, they were just so happy, right? But I... I still I did not want the Chiefs to win because that was everyone was like, well, you like Taylor Swift. You went to her concert. Why were you not cheering for the Chiefs? Um, we 
because as we I as individuals do can't... not I do not want Jackson Mahomes to have a good time. <laughs> I am actively preying on his downfall. Oh my god. Always. Yeah. Because I think we all are. Because here's why. Because just three weeks ago, three felony charges of aggravated sexual battery against him were dismissed. In court on January 3rd, and he still has a misdemeanor battery charge from an incident at a Kansas City restaurant that happened in February of last it year. It happened in Kansas City? Yes. Oh. It was February of last year, so I think it was late February, so it would have been like right after the Super Bowl. And oh because he's God. an entitled little prick, he like walks into this place, and he caused issues there before, which is what the owner said, would like later say, um, because he was... In a room with the owner, who he apparently knew her stepdaughter or something, which is how he had caused issues there before. Mm -hmm. And a waiter had come back there, I guess, to see what was going on or to get the owner or something. He shoved the waiter, which is where his misdemeanor battery charge is, but shoved the waiter out of the way and then forcibly kissed the owner of the restaurant. And they got it on surveillance cameras. Right? I'm a little mortified, y'all. And after and after speaking out, the, because this is in Kansas City, the restaurant owner received death threats. She was harassed. Her car and restaurant were vandalized. And she got a bunch of hate for calling out Jackson Mahomes on his BS. So the charges against Mahomes were dropped due to lack of cooperation from the survivor. So, like, the owner. Which... After hearing all that, I don't blame her. Because I guess they, like, subpoenaed her for, like, I'm assuming, like, surveillance or mm -hmm. something. And she didn't hand it over. But if I was getting harassed mm -hmm. and my car was getting vandalized, yeah, I think I would just be like, you know, forget it. Forget about it. I don't need this that bad. But, yeah. So, any if you see... Jackson getting all giggly with Brittany and Taylor up in the suite during uh, the Super Bowl. Just remember, that man is a criminal. He has active charges against him. And um, got dismissed for charges that he probably should have been in trouble for. Um, but yeah, not to uh, dampen that, but uh, we... I don't, I don't want Jackson Mahomes to have a good time. That's literally the majority of the reason I am cheering against the Chiefs here. But also, I want to see Mr. Irrelevant win a Super Bowl. Because that would be so fun. That which wasn't Tom Brady was Mr. Irrelevant in yep. his draft too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I listen, as annoying as Tom Brady is, I want another Tom Brady because mm -hmm. it's so fun. Is Brock Purdy gonna be another Tom Brady? Probably not. But he could be. He could be Mr. Irrelevant winning the Super Bowl. Which would slay. So I think I think I'm going 49ers because also I feel like a burgundy gold palette is a lot cuter than just obnoxious bright red and yellow, you know? Right? Fair. Right. Fair. So are are you also you're going for yeah, you're going 49ers. I think too. I'm going 49ers. I have like a lot of very and we're going to get into it a little bit later cuz we have some topics um to discuss of Sydney lore. But there <gasps> oh was a gosh, yeah. there was a period of time in my childhood where like my parents because we are from Cleveland and the Browns are painful would just like find random alliances through our fantasy teams and my dad was a Chargers fan for a while when they were still in San Diego and then there was a time period where a lot of um 
Ohio State players were going to the 49ers, so we were 49ers oh, people. Okay. CWVU has never had like one team that a bunch of people go to. Basketball, we kind of do have because yeah. a lot of WV basketball players end up getting drafted to Memphis because yeah. I think there's West Virginia ties there. But um, that's so fun. But yeah. no, I almost forgot. We have a Folk Avengers update that Sydney oh needs to talk God, about. Oh my God, people! <laughs> we are not ready. Okay, so. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, Noah Khan is actually assembling the Folk Avengers. He has essentially pulled a little, like, not Taylor's version, Taylor's version, which we're also going to talk about that in a second. Um, he has all of these fun little cutie collabs of all of his songs. So he's got uh, She Calls Me Back with Casey Musgraves. Banger. Um, everywhere everything everywhere everything with gracie abrams and he is now releasing two more to complete it uh the first is paul revere with who we think is gregory allen iscoff yes we believe that's him but we could also be wrong because we originally were gunning for you're gonna go far with Olivia Rodrigo or Marcus Mumford. Yeah. I was on the Olivia Rodrigo train. I think you were leaning more towards Marcus people, Mumford. People. 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 Noah <laughs> Khan blessed us beyond measure because my favorite, one of my favorite women on the planet, Brandy frickin' Carlisle, is the feature on You're Gonna Go Far coming out on February 9th. Thank you for the birthday present, people. He released Holy a, crap. He released a little sneak peek of it on it's Instagram. The most beautiful thing in the world. I fell on the floor. She we did. caused problems for the elevator in the student media building. It yelled at me. It I'm yelled scared. at Kaylee while I was laying on the floor having a full blown episode over this. But I would like to draw attention to a music industry moment that happened over the weekend. Oh. Did you okay. see this? We have more. We have more Taylor's versions. But we have a Morgan's version. Morgan mm-hmm. Wallen used to work with a record label. I'm not 100% sure on who it is, so I'm not going to be dropping random names. We don't need to be burning any industry bridges. Morgan Wallen was with a record label when he created his first album called Standalone 10 years ago. Against his permission... After he's left this record label and put all of his other albums out with a different label, they released a 10th anniversary version on Spotify with all of these unreleased songs. So, Mr. Morgan Wallen released a new version, a full acoustic, and he is giving vocals, people. I was... I absolutely love this song. I listen to it every day since it's come out called Spin You Around in parentheses 124. And it is essentially Morgan's version. He re-recorded the one song. I have a feeling he will probably continue to re-record the other songs. But he did it in a day. He left the duck woods. He was out duck hunting because it's duck hunting season in Tennessee. Uh, see, I He s- left the duck hunting woods and recorded the one song. So on the cover, it says, I left the duck woods to record this. So essentially... He found out about this happening on the 23rd. He recorded it on the 24th and he put it out on the 26th in conjunction with the Spotify release. As far as I know right now, 
The 10th anniversary version of the album has been removed from Spotify and Apple Music, and it is back to the original version, and you cannot find it on Spotify. I think people probably have the songs on SoundCloud. Huh. But it was removed. So, obviously, there's some legal litigation going on. But I think that it goes to show you guys, like, um, I'm really, really proud of Taylor Swift for everything that she's doing. I think it's really, really cool. But this is not the only, like, she's not the only person this has happened to. Oh, yeah. Like, Kesha's whole thing was over her master. She hasn't re-recorded her songs, but her whole thing against Dr. Drew, was it Dr. Luke? Dr. Luke, yeah. I almost said Dr. Drew. That's the MTV, like. And then Dr. Dre is a completely different thing. (laughs) No, Dr. Luke, a part of it was obviously some misconduct and problems in their personal relationship, but it was originally over her masters and her ownership of her own music. Yeah. It is like becoming a really common thing. And the reason that Taylor Swift records and publishes as a private entity in her own self as a brand is to protect herself and I to mean, protect her music from what happened to it. Kelly Clarkson is the one who gave Taylor Swift the idea to mm-hmm. re-record her stuff because I think she's had similar issues yeah, in the past. It's, it's a very common thing in the music industry. I'm kind of glad that other artists that are of that mainstream and like heightened thing are having these moments because i think it goes to show you that like oh it isn't just taylor swift and she wasn't just a dumb kid morgan wallen was a dumb kid he had just gotten done on the voice he didn't get any chair turns he was releasing an independent album with like an indie record label and he didn't he didn't know any better because it's what you do you sell your masters you share your copyright and you get more money in the end but we're coming to realize now that it is safer to take less money and more protection of your intellectual property. I mean, and that's like um, Paramore recently because I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about the Morgan Wall because I'd seen like a couple of jokes about like, haha, Morgan's version, whatever. Because I don't, Morgan Wall isn't really my style of music, so I don't really listen to him. But I had seen like some stuff about that. Mm-hmm. But Paramore is one of my favorite bands ever, and they like got locked into this contract when mm-hmm. Haley Williams was like fourteen years old. And then it was, like, this big, long, like, 10, 15-year contract that they couldn't get out of. They were under really tight stuff. And then they just got out of it. So then they, uh, I think, are kind of on a hiatus. Yeah, I saw that. Sort of almost. Because they are like, well, we've been doing this for, you know, 10 years. This is all we've been able to do. So now we need to reassess what we're doing as a band. But, But yeah, yeah. that's your little music industry tidbit of the day. (laughs) Um, And speaking of. I would like I would like to say I was in my best friend's hometown this weekend and I was like telling people this whole story and someone looks at me and goes, "What do you do for a living?" <laughs> and I'm like, "My minor is in music industry and I have taken so many classes on intellectual property and contracts that like seeing all of this stuff and people on the internet being in speculation, I'm like, "Let me drop some knowledge on you." I'm sorry. Now this you're mic. hitting the mic. I'm like going off on this microphone i'm sorry i'm like getting excited we're talking with our hands today (laughs) um but yeah that was my little tidbit of knowledge back to our women and my minor is in sports com (laughs) and that's why we're here that's why we're here but speaking of amazing women uh we've been talking about the pwhl the professional women's hockey league for a hot minute but now there is another professional women's sports league that just kicked off. Mm-hmm. The Pro Volleyball Federation started play on January 24th and broke the attendance record for a women's professional volleyball match in the U.S. Heck with yeah. their first game. 
11,624 fans came out to the CHI Center in Omaha, Nebraska. We've Ooh. talked about we've talked about how Nebraska loves their volleyball. Nebraska loves their volleyball. Which I I did not realize until I started mm-hmm. doing this and they are huge. To watch the Omaha Supernovas take on the Atlanta Vibe, which are two of the teams in the Pro Volleyball Federation. The previous record of 10,213 fans in attendance at a women's professional volleyball match was set in 2016 at an Olympic qualifier in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So the two Nebraska loves their, in Nebraska. Nebraska loves their volleyball, which I, is such a random state for volleyball to be so big in. That's before, crazy. To before me. we continue, I I love my parents very dearly. We've talked about this. I have a long lore of childhood with volleyball. It's the love hate relationship, and I feel that it genuinely has like shaped me as a person. Like coming from childhood, like a lot of my like really hard life lessons I learned were like. Never in a news studio, never in a radio station. It was on a volleyball court Mm -hmm. or in like a J.O. league volleyball gym Mm -hmm. because it's it's rough out there for these for these kids. Um, And my dad's thing that he would always say to me to kind of calm me down and help me realize that life isn't that serious was there's no professional volleyball league. There's no professional volleyball league. But now there is. So, bud, I'm sorry that we have to rescind your life lessons and your <laughs> dropping of knowledge. It was I, I, I love you for your efforts. It but they have the been time. thwarted. It worked at the time. <laughs> they that have was been great. thwarted. <laughs> I'm go I'm announcing I'm coming out of retirement and I'm going to attempt <laughs> to play professional volleyball. <laughs> all all five foot five of me outside hitter. No, literally, I don't think I've seen a volleyball player, like, past high school that's below, like, 5'6". Mm-hmm. Like, My favorite person in the world, Victoria Garrick-Brown, was a 6'2 libero. Oh, she played back Lordy. row, people, and she was 6'2". Good Lord. That's just crazy. Love ya. She's my favorite gal on the internet. I can't comprehend being taller than, like, 5'5". Five five. That's crazy to me. But anyway... Last record was set at an Olympic qualifier in Lincoln, Nebraska. As of now, the Pro Volleyball Federation consists of seven teams. They have the Atlanta Vibe, the Columbus Fury, Grand Rapids Rise, Omaha Supernovas, Orlando Valkyries, San Diego Mojo, and Vegas Thrill. Those are the seven teams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those are kind of concentrated in, like, Midwest to Mm -hmm. West Coast. So that's... I, w- I was unaware of the regional popularity of volleyball, but slay, I guess. Their games can be watched on YouTube TV, Tubi, the Roku channel, Bali Live, and many other streaming partners that you can find online. Uh, you can find more info on upcoming games, league standings, and news at provolleyball.com. That's just P-R-O-V-O-L-L-E-Y-B-A-L-L.com. Uh, and that's where they have league standings, teams, where to watch, schedules, all that fun stuff. Uh, tickets if you want to go to a game. So support our Pro Volleyball Federation because this is really exciting. Like the fact that PWHL and now the, what, PVF? Pro, uh, yeah, that's right. Yes. And the fact they're starting at the same time and now it's just this my, big thing. My childhood my childhood anxieties are coming to fruition. Oh and no. I can't and I can't help but be a little happy about it. <laughs> See, I just ran. I was I, I mean you can go pro in running, but like it's 
Olympics or nothing, pretty much. I think that I, but I always said, like, I had involvement. Like, I was a manager for, it was essentially, like, we were student coaches for our, like, boys volleyball team. And I think I got better after I stopped taking it so seriously. Yeah. I was able to dive better. I passed the best I ever passed. I threw hits down, like, at those guys. Like, when you don't take things so seriously, I think you have a better enjoyment and appreciation of it. And I feel like I was really, really grateful because that was my last two years of high school. Because you're not the worried. First two years. You're not worried about doing it perfectly. You're just worried. Oh about yeah, getting and it you're done. having fun. Yeah. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> in more long-standing women's sports news, there has been a lot happening on the ice recently. Oh. Both good and bad. So, we will start with the more positive news, and then we'll. Because, I mean, it's not, like, bad, bad. It's just not exactly a a feel-good story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, figure skater Amber Glenn recently became the first openly queer woman to win a U.S. skating title. Oh, wow. Which, in 2024, that's kind of crazy. But um, she won the women's singles title at the U.S. Skating Championships this past week. And Glenn said of the victory, when I came out originally, I was terrified and I was scared. It would affect my scores or something, but I didn't care. It was worth it to see over the last couple of years the amount of young people that feel more comfortable in their environments at the rink. Just because, I mean, just from what I know, because, I mean, the the Tanya Harding case is, like, Mm -hmm. an interest of mine. Just, like... I like reading about we it. We all just have our Roman empires. Exactly. No, my... Because I was thinking about my Roman empires the other day. My Roman empires... too, and now I'm blanking on mine. My, my, my Roman empires are, one, Zach Bryan's 30-second cover of video games by Lana Del Rey mm-hmm. that he posted on his Instagram story on July 4th. Think about that all the time. I have it screen recorded. Hangout Fest, like the uh, music festival mm-hmm. that him and Lana Del Rey are both headlining. Mm-hmm. They posted the video... I shared that video on my story. I said, this is my Roman Empire. Hangout Fest liked my mm-hmm. story. Which, by the way, if you guys are hearing this, uh, where are my free tickets? Mm-hmm. I just did some free advertising for you guys. Uh, hit me up. Anyway. <laughs> that, that is also the weekend of my birthday. I would. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, that's my Roman Empire. The um, Fleetwood Mac 1997 Silver Springs performance live. Is also a Roman Empire yeah, of mine. That's every woman. <clears throat> Phoebe Bridgers and Paul Mescal at the Met Gala in 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh, with uh, the girl from with uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. Yep, 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 yep. Was it 2018? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a Roman Empire of mine. Mm-hmm. And then the Tanya Harding case is also a Roman Empire of mine. And what I've like just from like l- kind of watching mm-hmm. and reading about the Tanya Harding thing, the environment in figure skating. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like intense. brutal. Oh, yeah. Especially back then, because that was 80s, mm-hmm. 90s ish. Yeah. Like, literally, she would get lower scores because she was built bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a broader, more athletic mm-hmm. build, where it's Na- Nancy Kerrigan was the other one, right? Yeah. Yes, I couldn't remember her name for a second. But she was more petite. She was very, mm-hmm. like, classic figure skater build. And yeah. Tanya Harding was built like an athlete, which is what figure skaters are, so which is why I don't understand why yeah. that was even an, a thing. But. She would get points taken off just because of the way she looked. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, the environment's kind of brutal. Because even you hear about um, Russian figure skating girls mm-hmm. who their Olympic coach for the longest time has been this, like, horrible, mm-hmm. like, or not, 
Well, yeah, I'll say horrible because she like emotionally yeah. manipulates and mm-hmm, uses them. Mm-hmm. And like they're pushed hard all the time on the ice. You have to look this way. If they don't do this well, mm-hmm. and it's it's something that's kind of gone unchecked in figure skating. Yeah. So I get what she's saying about like, you know, stuff off the ice will affect your scores because oh, yeah. if you go out on the ice and they know that you're an openly queer figure skater, mm-hmm. they'll take points off just because they don't like you for that. And they can do that because they don't really have to justify their scores yeah. a whole lot. And they can just, like, knock points off in little categories until yeah, you're just until screwed. it adds up. Yeah, that's very complicated, and, I'm <clears throat> and I understand it, and I feel bad for it. Also, my random ro- uh, Roman Empire that I've been thinking about a lot recently because I've been watching a lot of, like, competition reality TV is the last, like, four bachelor engagements where or bachelor bachelorette engagements where they've changed their mind and they have the really dramatic breakup scene at like the end of the like finale episode i watched ari and becca's last night and it's like a lot of like really intense like double cut cameras and it's just like very awkward and weird also hannah ann and peters is like so painful to watch but my big thing has been season 16 of big brother with Cody and Derek and the Team America like secret challenge team that was Frankie, Donnie, and Derek was absolutely insane. Like they were insane strategists. Like Derek told everyone he worked in like parks and recreation and he was an undercover cop. Like it was the best season of that show. It's on my I we had to make bucket list as like a sorority activity the other night and I said my like top three things were to win an EGOT, skydive, and be on and potentially win Big Brother. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm too talkative to win Big Brother. They'd be like, get this bitch out of here. <laughs> See, I I haven't watched Big Brother, I don't think. Oh, I love it. But I know it's like a, it's, it's like a it's strategy like a, thing. It's like a cult romance. <laughs> no way. But. So in other figure skating news. So that was that was our more positive First openly queer woman yeah. to win a U.S. title. Um, this one, I mean, it's pretty good for the U.S., but um, not good for the sport of figure skating as a whole. So uh, this actually came out like not long before we recorded this, so I wasn't really able to look into it and write stuff myself. So I will attribute this where necessary. So I first saw this from The Gist, which is one of my favorite sports news outlets, by the mm-hmm. way plugging them it's like sports by women for women very much what i try to emulate on the podcast so i love them um they posted on instagram and announced that russian figure skater camila valiva i think is or camila valiva i don't remember how to say it has been stripped of her 2022 beijing gold medal and banned from competitions for four years so um, I remember what her stuff. I saw this on TikTok recently. Her yes. stuff is really painful. And and this is what I was talking about with like mm-hmm. with figure skating in Russia. So then I looked at the New York Times story um, and what it was. She had tested positive for which this is actually back to the gist. She had tested positive for a banned heart medicine mm-hmm. that uh, could somehow enhance performance. And at the time, she had claimed that the heart medicine was her granddad's and she had accidentally taken it instead of a different medicine she was supposed to take. Whether or not that story is true, I don't know. Valiva was also 15 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. So imagine being 15 years old. You won an Olympic gold medal 
and now or first of all you've probably been manipulated into taking this medicine mm-hmm. because that's how seriously they take it and now you're 15 years old you've won an olympic gold medal they found out that you were on performance enhancing drugs when you did it mm-hmm. and now you have to deal with that when you're 15 like mm-hmm. i just i feel so bad because now she's she's still only 17 years yeah, old. yeah that's crazy but um <coughs> back to the new york times sorry Oh, so if you, if you hear any sipping, I have a Jasmine's coffee this week. So, uh, yeah, not not a uh, spin drift this time. Sorry. Uh, but the band is, the, uh, the ban is retroactive mm-hmm. to the date she gave the sample, which yeah. was um, actually Christmas of 2021. Mm-hmm. So she will be able to compete again um, in 2026 for the Olympics. But as far as, like, other competitions, she can't, she can't compete in competition until Christmas yeah. of 2025 because mm-hmm. it's a four-year ban. Yeah. But she will be able to compete in the 2026 Winter mm-hmm. Olympics in Italy. So she won't she won't miss any Olympics, which, I mean, I guess is good for her. I See, here's my thing, is if she had knowledge of it, I understand, like, obviously she was probably manipulated into it because she was so young and they're, like, taking this so seriously. But it kind of goes back to the thing with the pressure that we're putting on these people. It's like, yes. They are these, it's like the same thing we talked about with the football episode. Yeah. I got emotional. I'm going to try and not get emotional now, but stuff like this. I'm like very protective of young people. They're some of the best athletes out there, but they're also teenagers. Yes. Like they're also like, I'm trying to think of like the first time like Gabby Douglas competed. She was like a literal child. I mean, most gymnasts, because you have such a short career, most of them are like under 25. At the very mm-hmm. least. A lot of them, their first Olympics, they're 16, 18 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. But to that point, like, I think the way I'm viewing the situation is, like, yes, obviously, if she was breaking the rules, she shouldn't have the title. I'm also thinking about it just as an apathetic, as an empathetic person from a perspective of being, like, if you watch the videos of the camera following her around after she gets off the ice when she fell, because this is the same girl that fell, is it not? I think she did. Yeah. she. This poor girl had a full-blown panic attack on, like, worldwide television. Yeah. And, and holy crap, does it make you want, like... <laughs> I remember seeing, like, someone was commenting on it, and she's like, I'm a mom, and I just want to hug that kid. Because yeah. that's a kid. And because like when they're on that ice and they're performing at the top of their game, sure they're athletes. But when shit hits the fan, excuse my language, but when shit hits the fan, those are kids. Yeah, and I mean that's where I mean she's fifteen years old, so like that's where you need to start looking at who's mm-hmm. around her, who. Because yeah. I mean I don't know that this fifteen-year-old mm-hmm. is actively choosing to take oh, this yeah, yeah, specific yeah. Definitely. medicine. Definitely. So I mean that could be child abuse that could be Uh a range of things so now that uh valiva had to uh or she was ordered to this is from the new york times Uh to forfeit any titles awards medals profits prizes and appearance money earned after her positive doping sample was collected so anything she has earned like be it money or awards Uh or whatever between december 25th to now, or December 25th, oh. 2021, until now, she has to forfeit that. Oh, wow. So that could be a lot of money. That 
mm-hmm. be a lot of awards. It's her gold medal from the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. So now that she has to forfeit that, uh, let me find this because the gist uh, reported who gets it now. Yes. So the U.S. now gets the gold medal from that mm-hmm. one because we had silver. And Canada will likely be upgraded to a, to a bronze. So for the 2022 Winter Olympics, the U.S. now has a gold medal in figure skating. So, um, turned out good for the U.S., but not yeah. exactly the way you'd want to get I'm, there. I'm still, see, I'm a very empath- empathetic person, so I'm looking at it as the perspective of I'm. I'm I'm wrapping that girl in some love today because that's a for sure that's a difficult thing to handle like especially now, when now you're she's, she's still only seventeen yeah so she's still a teenager dealing with like an international crisis yeah literally but now that being said we've gone international now it's time to reel it back into Morgantown where one of our own mountaineers oh yeah had a career game against Iowa State on Saturday as J J Quinterly hit a career-high 31 points in the 50th anniversary celebration game against the Cyclones on January 27th. So this is the second time Quinterly has scored over 30 points in a game. So I'm assuming her previous high would have had to have been 30 because if 31 is her high, but she scored over 30 twice, then her previous high was probably around 30. And then with a team-high six rebounds, five steals, and three assists, she becomes just the third player in program history to record that stat line. Heck yeah. That's crazy. Like, I, I'm telling you, WVU athletes named JJ built different. Built different. We also now have two JJs on baseball. We do? There's a, I think he might be a redshirt freshman coming in. Well, he has a lot to live up to. But anyway. Yeah, he does. Um, Coming off of their 84-78 win over Iowa State on the 50th anniversary cell, literally what better day to do that? Mm-hmm. That game started out a little bit rough, actually. It did. Yeah. I mean, because I was texting one of my friends who was there, and she's like, we can't make a layup. Like, we're having a little bit of a rough time. And then I looked back, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we were up, mm-hmm. and we were playing well. So they someone lit a fire under them, I guess. And they ended up playing really well. And then JJ um, Quinterly got her <clears> – <throat> career high 31 points Mm -hmm. and then everybody kind of supported that and kept playing and it was oh my gosh it's great game great great fight back Mm -hmm. I loved it I wasn't able to make it to the game but I was watching it so (laughs) um after that win they will play UCF on January 30th which actually by the time this comes out will have already passed but they play UCF in Morgantown on January 30th at 7 p.m. And then they play BYU February 3rd, Saturday, out in Utah, unfortunately. So we can't go to that one. Sorry. Um, and then they come back to Morgantown to play Texas Tech February 6th at 7 p.m. in the Coliseum. And that is Girls and Women in Sports Day, as well as a Black History Month celebration. Oh, my gosh. So um, I have to go to that I game because, hello. We should. Oh, my gosh. We live a, like little, a little girls who get it outing. Yeah. To the women and girls in sports. We literally game. are girls and women in sports. <laughs> but. So that is what the women's basketball team has coming up. Oh, by the way. I almost forgot. We're 23rd now. Oh, my goodness. 23rd in the country. Which we've we've been I kind of floating between the 23 to 25 mm-hmm. range. 
So I wonder if a we're on the up and up, people. I wonder if a strong streak from our girls would get us uh, maybe top twenty, top fifteen, top ten. Dare I say? I'm telling you, we're getting a natty this year, one way or another. WVU is getting a natty, but um, yeah. So our basketball baddies continue to push forth, and um. The men are also playing basketball. This is how we always do this. We're like, the girls are killing it. And the men are, they're playing basketball. The men are also there. But no, I mean, I guess that's kind of our point. We are the women in sports podcast. We'll be hyping up the women. But I, I saw something very funny today, and it was on Instagram. And I think it was it was either Yik Yak or a tweet. And it was someone said that the basketball team should not be allowed to skip lines at the bars if they keep losing games. <laughs> And you know what? I resonate with that. <laughs> I resonate. Get a win, you can go to the front. But, um, yeah, so they did play basketball this week. Uh, they lost to UCF in Orlando, 59-72 to 72 on Tuesday, January 23rd. And then they went out to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Stillwater Strip. We do this Run every far time. enough, boy, and you're bound to trip. I'm so sorry. Uh, they went out to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. Uh, January 27th, so the same day that the girls beat Iowa State, um, the men choked a little and lost to Oklahoma State 66-70, to 70, mm. which was, it was a really close game, and it kind of, it came down to the wire, and it just didn't work out for us, which it has to happen to somebody, but uh, unfortunate that it was the Mountaineers, so yeah, but in that loss against UCF, um, there was another loss for somebody on the team, <laughs> which is Kirk Creasa lost his realist player of the week title. He did. He did because, um, during the game, at some point during the game against UCF, um, Raekwon Battle was kind of thrown onto the ground by, I don't know if it was a foul or if it was a trip or kind of just a... Whatever happens in basketball games. He fell on his back, kind of like slid on his back, right in front of one of UCF's cheerleaders, who kind of had her hands hanging down at her side and was holding her pom-poms. So, um, Ray let the intrusive thoughts win. <laughs> he He's laying there. He looks up, reaches up, grabs his cheerleader's pom-pom, Yanks it out of her hand, jumps up, walks away. And I was like, you know, honestly, if I was losing like that, yeah, I'd do the same thing. That was real. So, um, yeah, Raekwon. He, he caught her lacking, to be honest. He honestly, yeah. Why are, why are you not holding those things? Like, you got to. He should have been able to do that. Honestly, kind of asked for it. I'm kidding. <laughs> it would have kind of been it would have kind of been funny if she like waved it in his face and he just went boom. <laughs> I mean, she that th- that was like that was one of the funniest things. She literally didn't do anything. He just went yeah, like, and then just, left. He just felt like he so just uh, felt like pulling a fast one on this poor girl. Yeah. So, um, Raekwon battle you. It was time to be real, and you were real. So, um, yeah, that's our that's our realest player of the week on yeah. the men's basketball team. We'll see where this goes next week. Also, Jesse Edwards is back. He Yay. he got some time in against Oklahoma State. 
let me see. Because I actually, I just remembered that. So I'm going to have to look at our stats from that game. And uh, see how. Look at you go, Jesse. Because I, I, I can't remember stats off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know how you people do this. Like, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. He played 16 minutes. Heck yeah. Um, he was one for three from for field goals, two for five free throws. Um, he didn't make any three-point attempts. Four rebounds. Okay. Two steals, four points. What a way to come back. And that's coming off like a wrist injury. Yeah, and like really. your arm is a pretty big yep. part of playing basketball. So good job, bro. Happy to have you back. But that is our sports recap and that also means the end of the episode. We had a lot to talk about today. We've been getting these. We've been getting a lot shoved into these episodes pretty quick. I know. We're kind of we're kind of killing it. Kind of slaying, dare I say. Sliving. Kind of getting it. <gasps> Name drop. Who said that? <laughs> Literally. But you can keep listening to us. Uh, at the daonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you stream podcasts. But no matter where you listen, stick around because the girls who get it. Get it. <laughs>